Now, what would be the odds that that was happening again, that that wasn't a new report? Was that a new report or an old report? That's what I'm asking. Is it a new report or an old report? Is that a new report? Well, we don't know. When a seasoned sports fan teams up with a millennial, opinions may vary, but the debates assuredly won't disappoint. Check your sources. It's New Report, Old Report. Here's your hosts, John Lund and Al Renato. Well, Al, another exciting week in athletics. Nobody circles the wagons quite like the National Football League, although as has seemingly been a trend in this show, we have a hard time figuring out who's actually good in the league. We'll see if maybe we could do that this week. The NBA is in full swing. Storylines abound. Some teams for some people are already out of contention. There's no chance they're winning, and some familiar names are getting thrown around to win the NBA finals already. College football had its third college football playoff rankings. No changes, really, so people couldn't be that upset this week, at least. And Major League Baseball, randomly, on random nights, decides to release its best awards for its best players, unbeknownst to anyone, just getting the messages on their phone. Oh, they voted on this today. Wonderful. So we'll get into that, too. But as we mentioned... You can't start a show without circling the wagons of the National Football League. And you can't figure out again who is good in this league. Every week for the past couple weeks, just when you think you got these teams figured out, just when you think you have it, the other teams pull you back in and say, not so fast, my friend. Oh, you thought... The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were going to cruise back to a Super Bowl again? Nope. Tom Brady's leaving the press conference after the game in a minute and a half. He's got no time for your questions. He's pissed. Should we say it again? Is it the Green Bay Packers again? After we rolled out the red carpet for them last year on this show, week after week, it was Aaron Rodgers' time. He was going to put himself in the upper echelon of the Allen White Plains, the old report quarterback rankings. And as Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers do, shit the bed in the postseason, can't score more than three touchdowns. The game handed to them, courtesy of Tom Brady, and couldn't do it. And when you have them figured out this year, Aaron Rodgers shows up to his press conferences and his interviews, and we come to find out that bastard's not vaccinated, and he has them lose to the Kansas City Chiefs because he's at home recovering while Jordan Love does whatever Jordan Love did. They rebounded in decently convincing fashion on the defensive side, shutting out Russell Wilson, who reportedly spent 19 hours a day rehabbing his finger so he could come back and start that game. Didn't put up any points. Russ, you could have got so much extra sleep, man. Catch some sleep instead of doing thumb ups. Ciara's sitting next to you. Your alarm's going off at 5 a.m. You got the newborn kid probably crying in the other room, and she's looking at you like, what the hell are you doing, man? We finally put the kid down. I'm finally getting some sleep, and you're going to, to play video games so you can exercise your finger. Go to sleep. Didn't work out, but he's confident that it will work out for the rest of the season. We'll see if that's the case for the Seahawks, who don't really have too much to play for in the upcoming weeks. So was it Green Bay, Al? Is that who we could at least put a couple chips on, unfortunately, and in some respects, as the team at this point? Or maybe this was the turning point for the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll get into that as well. Your boy Nick Wright was so, so happy. On oh, social media. he's so proud of himself. Oh, he so he's proud back. of himself. He's back. He it, 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 tur- it turned around with the rollout and the throw on third and long. That's what turned it around. The Mahomes-like play, the old Mahomes play, okay, scrambling on the dead run, making the perfect throw for the first down, okay, to seal the victory 
against Green Bay without Rodgers, and that's what all turned it around and resulted in the five touchdowns against the Raiders. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not saying he's 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 wrong, but you know, Nick always thinks he's right, and he is quite often. But he is a little subjective on this one, although he likes to claim he's oozing in objectivity, which is simply not the case, especially when it comes to his hometown Kansas City Chiefs. But the point is, last week we played who do you trust? We played who do you trust on the old report, new report. And the only team we could trust was the Arizona Cardinals. And lo and behold, now without their starting quarterback for their second week in a row, week one, without their starting quarterback, they got it done. Week two, they took an old-fashioned ass whoop. So it's hard to say, no, I can't trust the Redbirds because they don't have their starting quarterback. So I'm going to give them a pass last week. Can we trust the Green Bay Packers? Can we trust Aaron Rodgers back after the immunization debacle? I'm immunized. (laughs) I don't think so, young man. Nobody's immunized. Nobody's immune. You may have done something that you thought was going to make you immune, but nobody's immune. I've got my vaccinations, and I'm not immune. However, Packers look strong. Why do the Packers look strong? Because the Packers have a couple things we haven't seen the Packers have in a long time. The Packers have a defense that flocks to the football, a defense that does not get punched in the teeth and fall backwards, a defense that is punching other people in the teeth and moving forwards and hitting hard and tackling well and covering, and they have an offensive line that's playing smash-mouth football, and they have a combination of running backs. Remember, everybody criticized the Packers when they drafted the Dillon kid out of Boston College. What did they draft the running back? Well, that running back now has really given them a thunder and lightning combination with Aaron Jones, where they run both of those guys in and out, keep them fresh, and allows Aaron Rodgers to keep defenses honest by running the ball as part of a game plan, as part of a full-blown game plan, not as an afterthought, throwing it 50 times. Now let's run it 12, 13, 15 times. They can run the ball down your throat. And Jones is a good receiver out of the backfield. He's got his full complement of receivers. However, he did lose his tight end um, in the game against the Chiefs. Uh, when uh, one of Love's best throws of the night for a big gainer, he went down with an ACL, unfortunately, which blows. But if you were to ask me, who do I trust, even though they have a very difficult schedule in the NFC, I clearly am beginning to trust the Packers because of the front line on both sides of the football, their ability to defend the run, their ability to rush the passer, their ability to run the football, and their ability to protect the quarterback. And Rodgers looks fine. He looks healthy. Uh, He is playing a very patient game. He is not playing a mad bomber style game. Seems like he's getting along with his coach in terms of the play calls and how they're running the offense. It seems like he's content with running football. And keeping his defense off the field, and I think that's another thing that helps the defense immensely, is the Packers can run the ball. They don't have to go out there and throw it nonstop and score quickly. And the only thing right now to me that is a problem for the Packers is something that has been solid as a rock forever, and that's that Mason Crosby can't make a field goal. And you know, it may not seem like a lot because it's the regular season. Mason Crosby's got to get rid of. He's had a brutal season. He's going to have to get squared away because – there's going to come somewhere down the stretch of the regular season or certainly in the postseason where they're going to need Mason Crosby to make a big kick. And he's really only made that one big kick all year. Had a nightmare game against Cincinnati. Had a nightmare game against the Chiefs. He made the gamer all right, uh, on the Sunday night game where they had the game in hand and then all of a sudden uh, 
they were in dire straits. And Rodgers got him back down the field, and he kicked. I think it was a, I think it was fifty two, maybe, which was a great kick. But since then, he's he's fallen down badly again. And you know, this is one of the better kickers of you know, the generation, and he has got to get it cleaned up because you can't have that happen in the postseason. Every championship team needs a kick unless they're just going to roll. And, you know, we just don't see teams rolling 30, you know, 20, 30 point victories throughout the playoffs. Somewhere along the line, you got to sneak one out. Tampa snuck one out last year against, you know, the Washington football team. Kansas City snuck one out against the Browns. Somewhere, somehow, some way, there's usually going to be one where you got to find a way. And a kicker is a big part of that. So Mason Crosby's going to have to clean it up. Uh, or, Green Bay could find themselves in a little bit of trouble when they need a big kick down the stretch uh, from a veteran kicker who's really struggled this year. Obviously, the confidence is not there, and uh, it's something that we've never seen before. So that right now, to me, is their only real Achilles heel. Well, funny enough, we know how much Aaron Rodgers likes a scapegoat when things go wrong. Someone else to blame. For years, it was the defense. For years, it's been the head coach. Well, last it is year, always it, it is always somebody else's fault. It's always somebody else's fault. And then last year, it was the field goal debacle where the field goal team gets sent out. He doesn't make any way, shape, or form arguments to keep his offense on the field. Just trots off with his head down. This is obviously the right call because it's on the head coach. Now, Mason Crosby made it, of course. But they didn't win the game. Should have went for it. But Aaron Rodgers didn't let anybody know that they should have went for it until after the game. After the game, of course, well, now we're second-guessing that decision. But in the moment, ah, it was fine. Because if it went incorrect, if it went the other way, we could blame the head coach. We could blame the field goal unit trotting out onto the field. Now this year, we could blame Mason Crosby for potentially losing a postseason game for missed field goals. And as you remember on this program, I did blame the, the, the head coach. I thought it was one of the most moronic decisions I have ever seen. I also blamed Aaron Rodgers for not tucking it under and trying to get that ball into the end zone, which he did try and do on that Sunday night game when I told you that was the Aaron Rodgers we wanted to see in the, in the postseason last year against Tampa. And we saw it in the Sunday night game against the Cardinals when he lowered his shoulder and realized, okay, I got to go for this. And attacked three guys, lowers the shoulder against three guys at the goal line. Came up short, but that's when I said, okay, he's won me over. He's won me over. He'll do it. He's willing to do it despite his advanced age. That's the run we didn't see him make or want to make last year against Tampa. He just did it now. So I'm all in. And then, you know, he screwed me over. With the uh, with the immunization immunization debacle, but it, it doesn't mean I still don't think he's the best quarterback on the planet, because I I do. It's as simple as that. You know he's better than Brady, he's better than Russell Wilson, uh, and he's better than Patrick Mahomes right now. Now, Patrick Mahomes may throw five more touchdowns this week against Dallas. If he is, and he gets hot again, then you know we start talking about Mahomes being the best quarterback in the game. But right now. Aaron Rodgers, and I, please don't tell me Dak Prescott, who's a really good quarterback. Nice quarterback, good kid, good player, you know, but he's not the best quarterback in the National Football League. No, no way. Sorry. You know, it, it, it's one of two guys. And right now it's Rodgers because the other guy has, has fallen off and Brady is, is maybe the goal. But he's not the best quarterback right now. He's really good still. But there are things he can't do. And the last couple of weeks, he hasn't played well. That doesn't mean he's still not terrific, still not great. But the best quarterback plays in Green Bay. The guy who still has the ability to do the best of everything without making a rash of mistakes a la Patrick Mahomes, who's done a good chunk of this year. And yes, he's rebounded, but it's still Aaron Rodgers. 
It's as simple as that. He can do the things with his feet that Brady can't do. He can do the things on the run that Brady can't do. Brady really, you know, at times could do things with his legs when he was younger. Obviously, he's always been a quarterback sneak. But there were times where he could roll out and throw and he could make some hay with his feet, scramble for a first down and avoid pressure to get throws off. Uh, You don't see that anymore, obviously, you know, in his early 40s. Miraculous that he's playing, to his credit, and playing effectively. And just won a Super Bowl. But then you see what you saw the last few weeks, which is, you know, Tom Brady. And we saw some of this last year. There's times where he flat out looks old. He is old. You, know, you can't be at the fountain of youth 17 weeks. You're not going 17 and 0. The same way the Chief Skinner said, no, nobody's going 17 and 0. Not doing it. Not in this league. It's not possible. It's not possible. It is simply not possible to win every game in a National Football League season. Period. End of story. Injuries, ups and downs, personalities, parity, schedule, weather, special teams, you name it. Something always rears its ugly head. Humanity, real simple, can't be perfect. Saw it once, never going to see it again. 72 Dolphins, not a Dolphins fan. I did dig that team. The no-name defense, Zonka and Kick, the great Paul Warfield, Greasy at the helm, Moral when he was hurt, Greasy back at the end, Don Shula, Ugly Super Bowl win over the Redskins, 14-7. Yes, folks, they were the Redskins then. I call them the Redskins because that's what, that's what they were then. Old report. Look it up. You're never going to see it again. And I'm not saying it's not because there aren't good teams. Even if you're a great team, it's not happening. Everybody on the Tampa Bay Band, we're going to run it back. Oh, we're going to run it back. Kansas City was going to run it back. How'd that work out? We got everybody back. Everybody signed. Everybody's back. Hardest thing to do is win. Next hardest thing to do is win it again. Not Same that. cast, great. Same cast barely pulled it off last year. Weren't very good through the midseason. Barely got by the Washington football team. Then they went on a roll. Good for them. Now they're struggling. They'll be back in all probability. They'll make the postseason. But ain't nobody going undefeated in the National Football League. Not now, not ever, never. Now they added another game. Good luck with that. <laughs> you got another game to contend with to get to undefeated. It's not going to happen. And that's okay. What's the problem? What is the problem if you lose twice? As the old baseball adage goes, save them for when you need them. You, know, you beat somebody 13-2, to two, and the next night you come out and you lose 2-1. Save them for tomorrow, as they say. That's what it is with the wins. Get hot at the right time. Look at the New York Giants and Eli Manning twice. Get hot at the right time. doesn't matter that you didn't go undefeated. doesn't matter that, oh, they had five losses. Who cares? Make the postseason. Do your due diligence. Get home field advantage. Help yourself out. Get a bye week. And be as healthy as you can. Exactly. Be as healthy as you can because the, the team that has the healthy quarterback, the team that has the healthy offensive line to protect that quarterback is got a leg up on the entire situation. Why? One, if you're there, you've got a good quarterback. You're not getting there without a good quarterback. You're not getting close to the promised land without a good quarterback. And to win consistently in the National Football League, you must protect that quarterback. And you still must be able to run the football. And that requires a sound group up front and a healthy group up front and a unified group up front. And more you can, the more you can build that unit as the season goes on, the better you can be for the postseason. If you're Aaron Rodgers, you have to be salivating at what you're mentioning because you're healthy Supposedly, hopefully healthy enough. We'll see if he has underlying conditions from getting it 
in the next several weeks. It could happen. But you've got a decent line. You've got a hell of a running game. And you've got a defense now that's been pretty dominant. I don't want to say surprisingly so, but yeah, with the Green Bay Packers. Because this has been his Achilles heel, one of them, is the defense. Well, he's never had a good defense. All right, well, score more than three touchdowns in the postseason, man. What do you want me to tell you? You're Aaron Rodgers. Now you've got the defense, you've got the running game, and you don't have to go out there and kill yourself every week to get wins. You go up against Seattle, you don't play great. The weather's not wonderful. You win 17 nothing. A win is a win. No problem. Just keep and doing anybody that. Anybody who thinks Aaron Rodgers is going anywhere, I'm sorry, man. You're crazy. I mean, how do you look around at the team that you have this season and say, eh, you know, things are finally starting to come along? Let's go somewhere else. See and if I why can find would this you team. leave? Look, what did, I, what did we say in the, pre, in the preseason? I told you I thought Aaron Rodgers wasn't going anywhere. And I told you. We asked, what does he want? What could he possibly want? All right. He's in Green Bay. He's got a great career. He's got a young coach. He wanted more power. He wanted more say. He's obviously gotten that. Well, now as time goes on, this is going to be his last year and his contract is going to be. Where in the world is he going to go and have a better situation he's got now? His division is there for the taking forever. Yeah. Detroit's been rebuilding for 70 years. The Vikings are in a state of disarray with an overpaid quarterback and a team that manages to lose every close game they play. Yes, they just beat the Chargers, but the Chargers are struggling. Where's Minnesota going? Minnesota looks like a 500 football team. Not that you can be 500 unless you have a tie now with our new 17-game schedule, but you get my point. And you have the Bears, who, yes, they made the playoffs last year in the expanded playoffs, and, yes, I love their rookie quarterback. I think their their rookie quarterback has a chance to be a terrific NFL quarterback. But that remains to be seen, and it's not like the Bears are knocking down the door to win the division. So they still need weapons. For the young quarterback. They're getting better. And he's going to get better. But everywhere else. You want to be in the east with the Cowboys. You want to be in the south. With the Saints. And the Bucks. You want to be in the west. With the Rams. And the Niners. Uh, You want to be in the AFC West. With the Chiefs. And the Raiders. And the Lightning Bolts. You want to be in my division with the Ravens and the Steelers, uh, the Browns and the Improving Bagels? I don't think so. Oh, you want to be in the AFC South? (laughs) Okay. Uh, So that means you want to play for uh, the Texans? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, You want to play for, well, Jacksonville's got a young quarterback. Uh, You want to play for, uh, oh, the Colts got a quarterback, even though I think he's very good. And that leaves the AFC East. Pats, quarterback. I don't think you want to play for the Jets. Bills, got a quarterback. Ah, Miami, the Fish, really? Really? Well, they got a quarterback, and they got draft picks. So in terms of all the fits, all the teams, to me, if there would be one, and it's what nobody ever talks about. They talk about the Raiders. They talk about your team. Denver, 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 Pittsburgh. To me, of all the teams in the National Football League, the only other possible landing spot that I see as logical for Aaron Rodgers, where it'd be a place where he could go and win right away, would be Miami. And then you still got a deal with Buffalo. And New England. So his division, he's only got to deal right now with one team that's a possible fringe playoff team, and that's the Bears. And they are so superior to everyone else in that division. So I don't see Aaron Rodgers going anywhere, anytime soon. 
you know, it's a little bit apples to oranges, but if you want to make the comparison or at least keep it in the same ballpark for making such a comparison, it's kind of like what life was like for LeBron James with the Cleveland Cavaliers. You're coming out of the East every year. What's your competition? All you got to do is stay healthy. Or when you're with the Miami Heat, you're coming out of the East. What's your competition? You're the only guy when you were playing over there. You're playing in the finals every year. If you're Aaron Rodgers, you're looking around the NFC. What quarterback is better than me? Tom Brady. Beat your ass. So you need to get revenge against his team. Yes. But on paper, you obviously have to think you're better than him. Kyler Murray, obviously a incredible talent with the Arizona Cardinals can do a ton of things with his feet through the air. You don't know what he's going to do from game to game, but he's hasn't done anything winning wise in the postseason. The Rams, Sean McVay, Matt Stafford, a kid in a candy store, that defense, which has been, eh, you still got to feel good about that. You're the LeBron James of the NFC, man. There's no reason why. You shouldn't be competing in the Super Bowl year after year, especially with this year's team and last year's. There's no excuse. You should be able to get to the Super Bowl as Aaron Rodgers with these guys, especially now. And you're going to look around at the talent you have and the talent that's been built, the defense that's finally come together, the running game that's spectacular, Devontae Adams and whatever bums you want to bring in off the street that you can make into superstars. You're going to throw that all away for what? Where are you going? As you said, where are you going? You're going to the AFC West to deal with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and the Raiders. Those two guys. Josh Allen. Why would you want to do that to yourself? New England Patriots all of a sudden. Playing with the system, Bill Belichick getting a little cockiness back in his step, showing up to the, the games and whatever getup that was last week, this week, that puffy coat he was wearing, a little swag back with him, Lamar Jackson in the AFC North. You could probably get past the AFC South, sure. But why would you want to put yourself against those teams? All you got to do is worry about beating the Bears twice a year. You're going to just get somebody flipping you off in the stands if you score a touchdown? That's the worst of your worries? You own them. Please. Come on. I don't understand the storyline that he'd want to throw this away for something else. Where? Why? He ain't throwing it away. It doesn't make sense. Not throwing it away. Now, speaking of talent, game of the week in Kansas City. Cowboys come a-calling after a horrific performance against your squad. They bounce back and annihilate the Falcons. They go into Kansas City, who has now bounced back after their ugly win against uh, Darlene Love and company uh, and the Packers. They maul the Raiders. The Raiders! Patrick Mahomes looks like Patrick Mahomes. Two offenses that can put up a ton of points. One defense that stinks. One that is mediocre. Who do you like in this game? And what are the implications for the loser? You know, you felt really good about Dallas up until the Denver game, really. Because Dak was on and off health-wise, but you thought, well, if he comes back healthy or of enough health to at least to be able to play, when that offense is rolling, they're one of the best offenses in the league, no question about it. The wide receivers are playing great. They've got two, much like the Packers, great running backs. But that Denver game, man, (laughs) just after that happened, you think, well, maybe maybe this isn't the team that we thought they were because – Some of their best wins are coming against the Eagles, the Giants. They battled against the Pats, but you're also like Mac Jones was eh at that point in the season. They do what they're supposed to against the Falcons and then some. So you think going into this game, they've got momentum. They should handle the Kansas City Chiefs because the Chiefs have been 
caca this season comparatively to how they've played. But then the Chiefs last week showed the world their vintage selves, if you will. The Patrick Mahomes that's been so beloved and talked about for the past couple seasons. All the Chiefs media members that just salivate over them, coming out of the woodwork on Twitter and every other place. Oh, Best everybody counted us out. Best of all time. Greatest ever. Everybody said we were done. Here Where we are. are you now? Six and four. Look at us. You could have put your foot on our throats, but you didn't. And now look, we're leading the vaunted AFC West <laughs> with six a and six and four record. Well, congratulations. The Chargers who can't Thanks. beat anybody right now. Denver's falling apart. And the Raiders, we just blitzed. And who I think suck, but just my opinion. You're not wrong. Um, Let's pump the brakes on being the best team in the AFC West. Let's hold on. It's nice, but let's not make that number one on the resume boost. Now, in your opinion, is this going to be last team with the ball wins, first team to 40 wins? Is there a defense that's going to show up? Or is it just going to be filled with footballs and we're going to have you know 800 yards plus of passing between the two quarterbacks? We could you know, get and, and that. Ten to, and, and nine or ten touchdown passes. The what was it like 51 48 Peyton Manning, Tony Romo game when they had that epic shootout down in Dallas, the Peyton Manning fake handoff bootleg faked everybody in the world out. Amazing play. Shout out to Marcus Ware for not picking him up on that. We might be looking at exactly that. Who gets the ball last? Will they have enough time? Will they not leave enough time for the opponent? I would lean Cowboys defense. Perhaps that's because one of their players has the most interceptions in the National Football League and seemingly gets one every game. Patrick Mahomes has been interception prone this season. Not last week, though. Let's add that. We don't want to piss any of the media personalities off. Let's not forget five touchdowns, no picks. Don't get them angry. It's all those columnists from the Kansas City Star. But Cowboys have a guy that they're going to have to contend with. And they've shown to be okay on the defensive side. So I would lean them for that. But after last week, I think you have to expect a shootout. And I think it's who's going to keep up with one another. You're probably going to see a lot of fourth and shorts where we got to go for it. We got to go, especially for Dallas being in Kansas City. You're not playing there to be kicking field goals. You got to keep up. They have to view that game as they would have for the vintage Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs that you expect to not punt all game. Does either team try and keep the other team's offense off the field? Now that would be the fun part. I don't know if Kansas City can do it running because that's been iffy for them. Obviously, C-L-H, C-E-H, excuse me, has been out. He might be able to come back for that game. I'm not sure. He's. I think he's somewhat close to returning. But even still, they might do the keep away game where Patrick Mahomes is only throwing it two or three yards. And instead of running Under control, it, they do it that way. Dink and dunk. But we know Patrick outs, Mahomes does not Kelsey. like to do the the singles, quote unquote. But he's been doing it. He's been he's been choking up. He's been choking up. Of been late, going yes. the other way. Been taking 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 two and going to right. Yeah. Not trying to hit the ball out of the yard with every swing. He's been much more patient. Yep. He's been a contact guy these last few weeks and it's knocked off the interceptions. It's brought them back down to earth. It's got them you know, on a little winning streak, not turning the ball over. And, you know, like the basketball adage, maybe you just need to see it go through a couple times, get out again, get the swag back. Uh, he certainly looked like he had it back last week. We'll see if it's going to continue against a pretty good Dallas defense. And I'm always curious about Dak. Because like I said, I like Dak. I don't love Dak. I love him as a kid. I love the way he carries himself. I love the way he handles himself in victory and in defeat. I love that about him. 
And I'd love to have him as my quarterback. But I don't think he's great. I think he's really good. Right? I think he's, you know, at times a top five quarterback and the other times a, a top 10 quarterback. On his best day, he's terrific. But, you know, what pro on their best day in any sport isn't terrific? Right. The guy who hits three home runs and drives in eight runs for the day of his life but hits 220 and has 97 lifetime home runs is not a great player, but he had a great day. The guy who scores 50 for the only time in his career with you know 12 for 14 from three and has the game of his life isn't a great player, but he's great that night. Now, don't get me wrong. Dak's not a one-trick pony. And he throws for a lot of yards sometimes. Sometimes the losses. But I think he is a really good NFL quarterback. And I'll just leave it there. Well, I think it's always been having the balance with their offense. If you're having to have him throw the ball 40 to 50 times, more often than not, there's an L next to that stat line. Not to say that he's not throwing it 40 to 50 times for 400 plus yards or whatever the end line ends up being. It usually looks good, but it usually also results in a loss. They need to have the balance with the running game, it seems, in order to have the best success. I think D.D. Lamb's going to have a huge game. Or C.D. Lamb. I think he's going to have a huge game. I don't think Kansas City can cover both him um, and uh, and the Bama Flash. I just don't think they can do it. I don't think they. I don't think they can cover them both. I think there's too many holes in that Kansas City secondary, and unless they put pressure on them, I think they're going to have a field day. And I look. I, you're right. They should be running the ball as well. You know, with a two prong running attack. Uh, you know, with Pollard and uh, and Feed Me. So. I think the versatility of their offense should carry the day. Their ability to run it, their ability to throw it, their ability to spread the ball to you know their, their plethora of receivers, I think will be too much for Kansas City. I think Kansas City will score, but I think if they're smart, you try and control the game if you're Dallas, but you also, I think, will be able to hit big plays. Yeah. And we've seen the bl- the blueprint, and we've talked about it. You take away Tyree Kill from that Chiefs offense. You put your best interception guy, perhaps, on Tyree Kill and take him away in that offense. You make the other guys beat you. You make Travis Kelsey, who had a good game again finally last week, do it again. And if that's what you lose by or because... You tip your cap, but you can't allow those 50 or 60 yard bomb touchdowns that just suck the air out of the building. Not in this case, because they'll be in Kansas city, but suck the life out of your defense to happen. And you want to keep their defense on the field for as long as possible. Yep. It'll be an exciting game and it's nice that we're going to get it. Not having to worry about, you know, the star quarterback from one of the teams sitting at home. Because they couldn't get a shot. No, no I, 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 I think it's uh, I think it's a premier game. I think look that this could be a Super Bowl preview. Yeah, absolutely. Now my pick last year, what I I picked Dallas to go to the Super Bowl last year, and then obviously Dak got hurt and everything went to hell in a handbasket. Uh, this year, my original pick was the Rams and the Ravens, which I modified to the Rams and the Chiefs after the Ravens suffered all those injuries uh, to the running backs. So Rams right now are in a heap of trouble. They're in a heap of trouble. The boy wonder is not faring so well right now. The offense is stumbling after a great start. Uh, the gunslinger from Detroit is struggling. He's throwing pick sixes left and right. I mean, they got embarrassed, quite frankly, in, in that game the other night. 
they were dominated. They can't protect the quarterback. They can't run the football. Their defense is on the field the whole game. And you look at it, it's like, what happened to the Rams? Is it just the OBJ curse? But it started before he got there. Right. I did think of you when there was a narrative after the game from Troy Aikman that there was like trouble already in the locker room and Matthew Stafford should have been giving Odell Beckham the ball and this was happening and that. It's like, how are you able to come up with that report already when they've only just started playing together? And he only threw it to him twice. Clickbait stuff. Already the walls are falling down on Odell Beckham. He's been there for a half a second. Aaron Rodgers should be thanking his lucky stars that he decided to go to L.A. and that green guy. Because where he goes, losses follow. I mean, get out your analytics. Get out your slide rules. Do the math. Bring out the geeks. How much easier can it be? Wherever he goes, it turns to a stench. If he's active, it's a loss. Do you think quarterbacks don't want to throw the ball to an open guy? Do you really think that's their mindset? Oh, there's OBJ open 30 yards downfield. No, I don't think so. Let me look at the other side of the field. Do you really think that's the way they operate? I'm not going to pass the ball to the guy who's wide open for a dunk because, uh, you know, he's the new guy. I don't really like him yet. Let me throw it out to the guy who's covered, see if he can chuck up a three with a hand in his face. It's not the way these guys operate. These guys want to win. These guys want to be successful because you know what comes with that? The bag. The bag. You win, everybody gets the bag. You lose, not so much. Not so much. So this notion that you know I don't want to throw the ball to a particular guy when he's wide open, look at my dad's tapes, that's a bunch of bullshit. These guys want to win so bad they can taste it. They'll do anything to win. He doesn't get open. He doesn't run good routes. He drops balls, and wherever he goes, the locker room turns into a trainer. But you know, it's always somebody else's fault. Rams lost Woods. That's a big loss. Huge part of their offense. They signed OBJ. Rams tears his ACL on Friday in practice. It's the OBJ curse. <laughs> it wasn't a great start. At all. And I thought about you after the game was over. Like, look at this. First game, obviously, it's going to take you a little while to learn the offense, etc. But Sean McVay, the coaching wizard, never forgets a play. Perfect memory. And Odell's been in the league. Against the other coaching genius. Right. Whose team has been doing nothing. And now all of a sudden, they've turned it around. But you you want to know something? When I was Sean McVay's age, I remembered everything too. <laughs> I'm twice his age now. When I was his age, I could remember every play of every Syracuse basketball game from the time I was there to the time I was trying to remember. I could remember every minute of every game, every player on every team. Now I'm lucky I remember I went to school there. Still not half bad. Don't take away all the credit. You got to carry this show for remembering things that happen. I'm here typing in Google what's going on. At least you could come up with something. <laughs> on a side note, on a side note, old report time. Folks, do yourself a favor. We just celebrated the 35th week, the 35th anniversary of the greatest sports movie of all time Hoosiers, starring Gene Hackman, Barbara Hershey. If you don't know about it, look it up. If you get a chance, watch it. If you have kids who are athletes, watch it with them. 
It's a classic. It's the greatest sports movie I've ever seen. And I've seen pretty much all of them. I love all sports. Baseball is my favorite. There's been a ton of great baseball movies, you know, from the natural on down, whether it's Field of Dreams or Eight Men Out or Major League, which was a spoof and hysterical, but still a great sports movie. Hoosiers is a basketball movie. It's a movie about Indiana high school basketball. It's a story based upon real life where a team from a tiny town called in real life Milan, spelled like Milan, Italy, but pronounced Milan, a little Indiana town back when many moons ago, the Indiana State Tournament was an open tournament. It was one winner. And it was that way for years until they finally moved to what the other states have, what we have in New York, which is classes based upon the sizes of the school. But for years in Indiana, you had one state champion. Everybody competed for one title. The smallest schools against the medium-sized schools against the biggest schools. And Milan High in Indiana won the state championship on a jump shot at the gun by a player named Bobby Plump, and they defeated a team from Indianapolis, one of the biggest schools in the state, one of the biggest upsets, if not the biggest upset in state history. And this is a play on that true story with Gene Hackman as the coach. And it is a remarkable piece of cinema. It's the greatest sports movie I've ever seen. This old schmaltz cries every time he sees it. And I would recommend it to anybody who wants to spend a solid two hours watching a great sports movie with their family. Lessons about life. It's a basketball story. It's a sports story. It's a love story. It's a story about redemption. The music is phenomenal. The score, the scenery, the the basketball scenes throwing back to the times of 50s basketball, high school basketball in Indiana, the way the game was played, the uniforms, the style of play, the teeny gyms, it's a must say. So I urge you all to watch it, watch it with family and enjoy it because it's an all-time classic. This was the 35th anniversary of it, and they celebrated it with a half hour that didn't make the film originally, and they re-aired it to 800 folks at a theater in Indiana, uh, and they put the, the 30 minutes that were originally cut out because when they made the movie, and I'm not sure it was MGM or not, they would not take the movie if it was more than two hours. And the movie was originally two and a half hours. So they cut a half hour out, edit out a half hour. Those scenes were finally added, put back in, and it was aired this past weekend. And I'm hoping sometime in the not too distant future, I get to see that version because the fellow who wrote the screenplay was on today with our fearless leader, the great Christopher Mad Dog Russo, and did a great interview. And he said he thought the film was leaps and bounds better than the original with this half hour. So I am dying to see it. I recommend you all to watch it, enjoy it, revel in it. If you're a sports fan, you will be thrilled and you will be grateful to the old report that you spent two great hours watching a wonderful, wonderful movie. You ready for this one? I've never seen it. It's unacceptable. It is simply unacceptable. I have no argument. I have no rebuttal. I haven't purposely not watched it. I've just always missed it, I guess, when it's on anywhere on TV. It's not really one of those that they kind of force feed down your throats on the TBSs or TNTs, I guess you would say, while growing up. And when it's on TV, they've cut it up. So they've cut scenes out of, you know, to obviously have it fit in to the commercials. They've cut scenes out of the actual original movie and it's not nearly as good 
uh, unless you get the whole thing. They cut key scenes out. Um, it's so good. The movie, the music alone, there are scenes when I see them, no matter how many times I see them, I cry every time. Every time I get choked up. When I hear the music, I get choked up. The music is so phenomenal. It's was nominated for an Academy Award, uh, the score. It's brilliant. It's brilliantly done. It was done with basketball players, not actors, which is one of the reasons it was so good, because you had guys who played the game playing the game. So you had actual footage of guys who knew how to play the game, not actors trying to play the game. And it made the quality and caliber of the film so much more believable because of the caliber of play, jump shots, driving layups, pick and rolls, rebounds, fast breaks. You know, can you tell I'm a fan? And you, young man, your, your assignment this weekend is to watch Hoosiers with your lovely girlfriend. New reports got homework. I accept it. It's more than about time. I've only heard good things about it, and there's really no excuse. It's one of those I can't believe you haven't seen type movies. There are lines you will never. There are lines in it you will never forget. There were scenes in it you will never forget. I saw it when I was your age because it came out 35 years ago, folks. Now is the time. If you haven't seen it yet, please do so. You won't be disappointed. Now's the time, and. Speaking of now being the time, well, 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 look who's atop the AFC East. A familiar name that we don't even need to mention on this show. They're back, folks, at least for the next couple days. You know, it's Thursday night, folks, which means it's Thursday night football. Your final, the Pats 25, the hideous Falcons. Now, the Falcons, nothing. The Falcons have been outscored. What was the score last week? 43 to three, 43 to three. So they've been outscored 68 to three. Did I do that right? Yep. 43 and 25, 68. Their score is easy. Three. <laughs> they've been outscored by the Patriots defense alone. The last 68 two weeks combined. to three in the last two weeks for the not so great Matty ice, the most, probably the most overrated quarterback ever to set foot on an NFL field. Al, it's always a pleasure. We'll do it again next week. Folks, for my part of the great John Tiny Line, he is the new report with a homework assignment this weekend. I am Al Renato, a.k.a. Health and White Plains, the old report for the best damn sports podcast anywhere. New report, old report. Have a great sports weekend, everybody. We'll be back 8 p.m. Eastern time here on Sports Radio America. You can listen at sportsradioamerica.com and interact with the show there as well or find us on the TuneIn app by searching for Sports Radio America. You can also follow John Lund under the same handle on Twitter at London Bridge. Thanks again for listening.